Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Live by Live has all of your favorite music, and you can listen for free. Whether you hit play on one of our hundreds of curated music stations or create your own custom artist radio station, you'll find the music you love on Live by Live. Visit livexlive.com or search livexlive in the App Store or Google Play and listen for free now. Pour yourself a cold one. Let's drink them, huh? And listen to Ross Tucker and Philadelphia Eagles film junkie Fran Duffy break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time, and we are in our second episode in March, which means we're what, like six weeks away from the NFL Draft? This is insane. Insane, I tell you. We're presented by Online. .ag. Use that promo code PODCAST1. It's conference championship week in college hoops. And then March Madness kicks off next week. You know the place to place some bets on March Madness. It's betonline.ag. We are rolling with our positional previews. Every week, we're breaking down a different position. When I say we... I really mean he. He is, of course, Fran Duffy from the Philadelphia Eagles. You can check him out on Twitter, at FDuffy3. Does a terrific job for the Philadelphia Eagles. He is their video scouting guru, and he's our draft guru here on the College Draft Podcast. As a result, I'm the former NFL offensive lineman, Ross Tucker. Love, love, love all of the various podcasts we have for you. We're going to do the Fantasy Feast today with Evan Silva and I breaking down all of the reported moves in free agency thus far. We're also going to have the Even Money podcast today and just see if any of these moves so far have moved the needle as far as Steve Fezzik is concerned for betting on any of these teams. And we'll get his quick kick thoughts on Conference Championship Week, March Madness, etc. Fran, uh, we've already done a couple position groups. It's now time for the linebackers, which is interesting. And of course, Fran, nothing official to this point. But there have been some linebackers on the move, reportedly, in NFL free agency. Supposedly, Quan Alexander is getting a lot of money to sign tomorrow with the 49ers. The New York Jets have reportedly, according to NFL Network, reeled in both C.J. Mosley for $17 million a year, Anthony Barr, 
in the 14 to 15 million dollar a year range. Although I think Barr might end up playing outside backer for them, which is what I thought he was. I remember we were talking about him when he was coming out of college at UCLA. But my point is, Fran, sometimes linebackers get lost in the shuffle a little bit. But man, don't don't tell some of these NFL teams that. I mean, it's pretty clear that they still really value good players at this position. Well, you know what it is, Ross, is that, you know, it's a sub-package league, obviously, but really it's a matchup league. And, you know, ultimately that's why you're going to start seeing these safeties get a lot of big money. Teams are playing more safeties now than they ever have in terms of, uh, you know, big nickel and dime. I mean, more safeties, more versatile safeties are getting onto the field to match up with, you know, with more athletic tight ends or just bigger slot receivers. And, And I think that same holds true for the linebacker position, and that's why a lot of these guys that are reportedly getting all this money, they're more athletic, pure three-down players. You're not seeing the guys that you know maybe had questions about their athleticism or questions about their speed. Those guys aren't getting the money. It's the guys that have the ability to play sideline to sideline, have the ability to match up one-on-one in space with athletic tight ends and running backs. Those are the guys that are, that are seen as valuable, and I think that that will hold true in the draft as well. I think you're exactly right. I, I think that's a huge part of it, Fran, is guys that can run and guys that can cover don't have to come off the field. And I think that's probably a pretty good jumping off point as we get started with your favorite linebacker in this draft class to watch on film. Yeah, and it's pretty much a, a slam dunk. It's Devin White from LSU. And I think ultimately, when you look at this kid, he arrived on campus as kind of like a running back, fullback hybrid. It didn't take long for them to realize, you know what, we, we should probably put this guy on the defensive side of the football. Uh, turned into a two-year starter on the weak side for Dave Aranda in that 3-4 scheme. Uh, has the ability to play Mike. I mean, he's got a dynamic personality. He's a guy that you can see, you know, you can envision him stepping into your locker room, being one of the leaders of the defense, making all the calls in the middle of the field. And he's just a ball of energy. I mean, he is a fast-flow linebacker, absolutely has three-down potential, great athlete, phenomenal range to play sideline to sideline. He's really physical. You know, Obviously, we'll play downhill, play in the box. I remember talking to Kerryon Johnson, uh, the former Auburn running back, now a star for the Detroit Lions. I remember talking to him at the Combine last year, and he said that Devin White was the best player that he faced the, a year ago. That was his true sophomore season because of his, his toughness and his physicality. So you, know, you look at Devin White and you see a guy that he's almost the total package. The big question you have, number one, wasn't super productive in coverage, right? It was, I thought his ball skills were just okay. He has the athleticism to match up and play in space, but you know the, his ability to play in the ball was a bit of a concern. The bigger question, though, was just his consistency as a tackler. Um, you know, he's a guy who tends to kind of strike high, uh, you know, does have some misses, more of a drag down tackler. He came in at 237 pounds, which I thought was a win for him at the combine. Can he maintain that weight and continue to play at that weight? I thought it was good that he tested the way he did at just under 240 pounds. He ran 442. He had a 417 in the short shuttle. He jumped 39 and a half inches in the vert. So uh, tested very well across the board but this is a guy that ultimately as again a high motor guy really just a phenomenal athlete he can just play a little bit too out of control at times so uh you know when you talk about him finishing as a tackler outside the numbers there were times where he would come in a little bit too hot fail to break down and finish one-on-one but 
ultimately from a skill set standpoint, like Devin White is exactly what you're looking for. Very similar to Roquan Smith a year ago and obviously had a big impact for the Chicago Bears in year one. It's interesting too, Fran, because the way you describe him, he sounds a lot like how people were describing Quan Alexander in free agency, the former Tampa Bay Buccaneer linebacker who's supposed to be signing with the 49ers for a lot of money. That's how a lot of people describe him. You know, fast as lightning, overruns some things, misses some tackles, but has, you know, a, a lot of speed to chase things down. Yeah, I think the big difference is that I really like Devin White coming downhill Whereas with Quan, I mean, he, he is a space player. He is a guy that give him a free lane and he's going to run. And they did a nice job of kind of covering him up, making sure that the the, uh, the defensive tackles did some of the dirty work in front of him and allow him to flow to the football. Uh, I think that would be the case for sure in San Francisco as well, if that's where he ends up. Let's get to uh, the guys that you say, the guy that you say at linebacker, is underrated by the media. I, this is my favorite category, I think. Yeah, I'm going to go with the guy that, that really has just been flying under the radar throughout the whole process, and that's T.J. Edwards from Wisconsin. A little bit undersized, you know, just over six foot, just, uh, just about 230 pounds. But he's a four-year starter for Jim Leonard out there at, uh, in Wisconsin. Pro-style scheme, 3-4, um, you know, everything that you would want from a, uh, a leadership standpoint. Talked to a lot of the Wisconsin offensive linemen, some of the other players as well for the Badgers, and they all pointed to T.J. Edwards as the guy who was the leader of that team. And again, as a four-year starter, not a big you know, vocal guy, but a guy that they all look to to be their leader. Really instinctive player, both against the run and the pass. The big question with T.J. Edwards, it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the show, is the athleticism. You know, Is he going to be a guy that's viewed as a three-down player? He didn't work out at the Combine, uh, was not at the Senior Bowl. He didn't get an invite. He told me at the, at the Combine that he didn't get an invite to the Senior Bowl until late in the process. So you know, ultimately, I think when you look at T.J. Edwards, um, you know, this is a player that is really instinctive, really tough. You know that he's going to be able to play between the tackles. The question is, Is does he have the athleticism to hold up in space? Was really, really productive against the run and the pass. I mean, he had a, a bunch of interceptions. Let me look at the total. He had 10 interceptions in his career. I mean, this is a guy that's not – the, the questions about his ball skills are not there. His instincts and in coverage, that's not a question. The question is, does he have the foot speed, the quickness? Uh, we'll see if he works out of the Wisconsin Pro Day. But certainly a guy that, to me, is very, very intriguing. We'll see if he's valued that way come draft weekend. The, uh, what are you hearing, Fran, or what, what are the current projections on where TJ might go in terms of uh, draft, like what round? I mean, people aren't really talking about him at all. So to me, like I, I look at him on film and I think, all right, he's probably like a third or fourth round pick just because there's the questions about the athleticism. Now, if he goes to his pro day, and if he had done this at the combine, if he goes to his pro day and runs, say, you know, mid four fives and tests pretty well across the board – I think, yeah, you're probably looking at him third round, you know, late day two, potentially early day three. Now, if he goes and he bombs the pro day, if he bombs the workout, now there's going to be questions about his, you know, those questions about his athleticism are going to be even more magnified. And you're talking more about late day three. Boy, that's amazing to me. You know, I, I called the Penn State Wisconsin game, and I've seen a lot of Wisconsin football the last few years. That guy has made like every tackle for them for years. I mean, that guy. I'm a big, big fan. I didn't sit down and study his coaching tape like you do. 
But just watching the TV copy, even that Penn State game I called, the guy made every tackle. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. I'm a big fan of his and the way he plays. Who's a guy at linebacker, Fran, that you like, but something about them scares you? Well, that would be Mac Wilson, because I think when you look at Mac Wilson from Alabama, he has all of the traits. Like, I mean, from a physical standpoint, he has got all the tools to be a three-down linebacker. This, to me, is the is the Quan Alexander comparison because you know Mac Wilson is he's got pretty good size he's really athletic he's explosive he's got great range can play sideline to sideline again all those tools that you look for to play in today's league the question you have is is with his eye discipline his mental processing his play strength at the point of contact those are questions that you have with Mac is can he play in traffic can he avoid contact and keep himself clean to make plays outside the numbers uh, those are questions that you have watching him. And now, he only started a couple games on the back end of his sophomore season back in 2017. This was his first full year as a starter. So you saw him make strides and you saw really, really good flashes. I think if you take him early, you're betting on him being a better NFL player than what he should put in college film. Because his college film was, was pretty good, but he's got the skill set to go very, very high. So, you know, I'm very intrigued by Mac Wilson. He's a guy I think that will go a little bit higher than I think people are projecting right now. I think most people are kind of looking at him as a mid-day two guy. It wouldn't shock me because of his skill set if he went top 50 if somebody fell in love with him uh, away from the field. So to me, Mac Wilson is a guy that's really, really intriguing. You just worry about the, the you know his eye discipline, making sure that he's seeing things as cleanly and as efficiently as you would like. Just a quick question, friend, on Devin White. Is he, in your mind, like a top five, top ten kind of guy? Yeah, I think so. He, to me, he's very, very similar to, to Roquan Smith from a year ago. I, I'm not worried about his instincts at all. Uh, the big question with Devin White is, is the tackling and just being more a more short tackler. Um, you know, With the, some of these other guys we've talked about, there are bigger questions, things, things that need to be answered. Uh, but with, with Devin White, I, I, those questions aren't as, uh, aren't as sure for me. How about the other Devin? Um, and it looks like he, you got Devin Bush from Michigan as your safest player. The guy whose upside may not be as high, but a high floor football player. Yeah, and to me, I think this is how he would have been viewed, especially going into the combine. Now coming out of the combine, the way he tested, I think a lot of people are questioning that thought process. Maybe he does have really high upside. I mean, he ran four four three at just over two hundred and thirty five pounds. Uh, he had he tested really well across the board. So you know, you see, to me, well, I watched him on film. I mean, this guy is a three-down player at Mike, really physical, really tough, explosive. Uh, I liked the sideline-to-sideline ability. I did wonder a little bit, kind of like Devin White, sometimes he goes a little bit more for the big hit as opposed to trying to wrap up. Uh, I did worry a little bit about his ability to play in reverse, and that's still a little bit of a question just based off what I've seen on film. But I think when you look at Devin Bush, you feel pretty good that he's going to be able to play in today's league. He's a little bit undersized, again, just 5'11", even, uh, 234 pounds. But love his physicality. I love his sideline-to-sideline ability. There's a, there's a role for Devin Bush in today's NFL. What's the difference between Bush and White? I would say that that White is probably a more in, naturally instinctive player. Uh, probably has a little bit more in terms of uh, you know the, the plays outside the numbers. Even though I thought the motor on Devin Bush was still pretty good, um, I think Devin White has just a little bit more to him. Um, and then also that I think that the I think White is a little bit looser laterally than Devin Bush is. Bush is definitely a straight line guy. 
Um, you know, more more straight line, I would say, than Devin White. I wouldn't say he's purely straight line. Um, but Devin White is is really, really loose. He's got the ability to kind of flip his hips and be able to mirror and match in space, whereas I, I think Bush is definitely more of a, a box player. You know, keep him you know inside the tackle box, let him play downhill, whereas White, I think he gives you a little bit more versatility to be able to match up in space. Give me a guy that you think at linebacker is a is a scheme-specific guy. To me, I look at a guy like Jelani Tavai from Hawaii, and this is a player that you know. I know we talked with Dane Brugler a couple months ago, and he had brought him up. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch him until you know very early before the or very late, just before the combine. And Dane was spot on about this kid. He he's really really intriguing. Uh, a guy who started forty five games over his career with Hawaii. Uh, somehow is still very much under the radar. 6'2", came in at 250 pounds out at the combine. What's amazing about Tavai is, is that at any given rep, I mean, he could line up hand in the dirt or you know standing up over tackle as a pass rusher. He can line, line up stacked as kind of a Mike backer or a weak side backer. He can line up over the slot playing in space over receivers and tight ends. And he did all of them pretty well. I mean, this, that's the thing is this kid's got a very, very impressive skill set. His combination of size and movement, he didn't get a chance to work out because of an injury. And that is a shame because uh, I think he would have been one of the more impressive testers at the combine. He would have impressed at the all-star game circuit as well, whether it was the Shrine game or the senior bowl. Jelani Tavai is really, really intriguing. And some names that I wrote down uh, while watching him, you know, Fred Warner was a guy that I really liked a year ago, turned into a really good starter as a rookie for the San Francisco 49ers. I also wrote down K.J. Wright and Anthony Barr. I mean, to me, the skill set with Jelani Tavai is very, very intriguing. Why I say he's scheme-specific is I think you have to have a bit of a plan for him. You have to understand how you're going to use him. He's not going to just go, go into the NFL. We talked about this with guys like Miles Jack. And to an extent, I mean, Anthony Barr as well would fit that boat. You said earlier, you know, I, we thought Anthony Barr would be an edge rusher coming out of UCLA, and he turned into more of an off-the-ball guy. I think when you look at Jelani Tavai, you need to look at him and say, okay, how are we going to use him? Is he going to be a purely an edge guy? Is he going to be a stacked Mike backer? Is he going to be kind of a walkout matchup player against tight ends for us? What is he going to be for us early? And then let's then develop and, and massage the skill set and try and grow his role a little bit as we grow. To me, teams that value versatility at linebacker, value size and athleticism, they're going to really, really like this kid. He's one of the more intriguing players at the position, especially in what I think most would consider one of the more shallow position groups in, the, in this draft. All right, let's move on to the next category. I like it. I like when there's a guy kind of out of nowhere. Um, what about the day three gem? This is one of my other favorite categories. There, there are a few guys that I would have put uh, that I could have put in this one, but I went with Voshan Joseph, the the linebacker from Florida, and the reason why. You know, the kid came in at six one and a half, two hundred and thirty pounds. He's still light, um, really, really athletic. I mean, he's a special athlete. Didn't test at the combine, so we didn't get to see that on his on display. But uh, this kid is really fun to study because he's really athletic. He's super explosive. He's got a great motor. Makes plays all over the field for the Gators. And he's tough. I mean, he's not a guy that's going to back down from contact. He will come downhill and try and pop a, a blocker, try and you know take on a tight end. I mean, he's got the ability to do that. 
to me, that that is very reminiscent of Telvin Smith when he was coming out of Florida State a few years ago. I mean, Telvin Smith was really small. Some people even graded him as a safety coming out for that reason. But you saw the toughness. You saw the instincts. Yeah, the size was a little bit of an issue at times, taking on blocks. Yeah, the size was a little bit of an issue at times, getting bigger ball carriers to the ground. And that is the case with Voshan Joseph. But in today's league, where the value is on athleticism, I think Joseph's going to go earlier than people think, too. You know, we'll see if it's going to be latter stages of day two, maybe even earlier than that. But to me, Voshan Joseph is a guy, look, uh, as, as long as the character and stuff checks out, I don't know much about him off the field. As long as there are no red flags there or red flags medically, uh, and if you're going straight, you know, basically off the film, to me, he's one of the more intriguing players in this class. Again, questions with his size and strength and ability to finish tackles. But uh, the athleticism, the speed, the motor, they're all there. The instincts are pretty good as well. Uh, he's an outstanding blitzer. So to me, you look at Voshan Joseph, and he's a guy that if he's there on day three, I think the, the upside is very, very high. And there's a couple guys in this class I think you could say that about. Yeah, that's interesting. Um about some of the day three guys because you always think I, I always think of day three guys as being you know primarily like special teams guys yeah and he would be an outstanding special team i think if you look at him you look at a guy like blake cashman who a lot of people you know are kind of pounding the table for now after his combine workout uh you know i think when you look at the athleticism traits you know drew tranquil from notre dame uh he was an outstanding special teamer throughout his the course of his career uh with the irish you start looking at these guys and say okay at a floor this would be a special teams demon core four guy uh you know can do all of that but what else can he be for us? Can he be a, st- a starting w- Will? Can he be a starting Sam? Can he be a starting Mike? Uh, that's when you start getting into those questions. But with all those guys, I think the floor is as a, as a core four special teams guy. BetOnline.ag is our go-to place if you want to place a wager on anything, especially it's conference championship week in college hoops. So that makes those games. I already love watching those games. I was watching – Wofford and uh, UNC Greensboro last night. I love, you know, these teams getting a chance to punch their ticket for the tournament. And you can make those games even more interesting at betonline.ag. When you use the promo code PODCAST1, you get a 50% welcome bonus, which is awesome. You get that much money right away. 50% welcome bonus. So you put in 100 bucks, they put an extra 50 in. Just for you, betonline.ag, March Madness is just about here. Take advantage of it. All right, Fran, let's get to your three for one. Three more guys you want to talk about because you like them. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Tavon Coney first from, from Notre Dame. You know, Under 6'1", just, just under 245 pounds. Uh, pretty athletic kid. He didn't test in Indianapolis like a lot of these guys, unfortunately, but didn't test in Indy. But uh, to me, on film, I think he's an explosive kid, You know, fairly explosive. He's not to the level of athlete as some of these other guys we've talked about. But uh, in terms of being a three-down player, I think he can be that uh, at the next level. I really like his instincts in the box against the run. Um, coverage, his, his uh, production playing in reverse was not great. Uh, only five disruptions on the football and coverage. But ultimately, when you look at Tivon Coney, I think that this is a player that can be a three-down player, can be a Mike linebacker 
for a team in today's NFL. Uh, he's a guy that really, really intrigues me and is probably more of an early day three selection when it's all said and done. Another guy, Terrell Hanks from New Mexico State, uh, one of the darlings of the Senior Bowl, had a good week of practice down there in Mobile, four-year starter for New Mexico State, uh, was recruited. He was a high school safety, I believe, when he was coming out of Miami, Florida uh, as a high school kid. But the big knock on him now, is that he did not have a good uh, combine workout. The jumps were solid. Then he went around the 40, he ran 498 at 242 pounds. So um, that's something that he's absolutely going to have to make sure he improves on at the pro day because teams want speed at linebacker. And, and for a guy that on film, his game is pretty much predicated on his athleticism and speed. He's a very physical guy. He's a, he's a tough kid. Uh, he is pretty instinctive, but uh, ultimately, you know, his, he's a guy that I think is built more for athleticism for a guy. So for him to not test well was a, a, a little bit worrisome. But uh, overall, I mean, this kid absolutely looks the part. He's got pythons for arms, uh, really well built. Was one of the guys that won the uh, the weigh in at the at the Senior Bowl as well. Everybody was was really excited about him, seeing him in person. And like I said, had a good week of practice. So. Terrell Hanks, just a name to keep an eye on. Again, probably more of a day three selection, but uh, the kid from New Mexico State to me is very, very intriguing. And then uh, last one I'll go with is, is David Long. And it's going to sound a little bit of a broken record because he, he's similar to a lot of the other guys that we've talked about so far. I think when you look at David Long, he's intriguing because he's, he's, he is undersized, but he's athletic. He's a fast flow kid who can play sideline to sideline. He's built for today's NFL, he's very versatile. Can be used in a lot of different ways. Uh, got lined up, stacked. Did walk out a little bit time, uh, a little bit of the time as well. Did get some reps off the edge as a pass rusher, as a blitzer. Um, but the question is his size, his play strength, and his ability to tackle one on one. He did have a lot of missed tackles in the Big Twelve. So you know, you look at David Long. The skill sets there. There are tool. There's tools there for you to work with. You just worry a little bit about the size and strength and ability to finish one-on-one and that's really you could say that about a handful of these guys you know we've talked about a few of them already but you know to throw in a couple more Jordan Jones from Kentucky uh, Chase Hansen from Utah uh, again a a guy like Blake Cashman from Minnesota so uh, ultimately um, you know this is an intriguing player athletics uh, athleticism is there you feel like he can be a special teams guy for you can he be more in your base defense you know that just brings up one question to me Fran, which is, do you, can you name any guys that, you know, you're talking about like Telvin Smith and some of these guys. Can you name any guy that didn't make it in the NFL at linebacker because they weren't big enough? Who, just, that it, didn't it, it, it make never, it? Like, like, you know, people say, oh, I'm worried about him because he's undersized. Worried about him, he's a little undersized. I guess I, I, I'm trying to think of guys that didn't make it, you know, didn't become starters or whatever because they never got big enough. It just never seems like that's the reason why they don't become a player, you know? Sure. Uh, I'm pulling up my list now. I mean, really, the I think ultimately it, it is a little bit of a concern because when you get to the NFL, everybody's bigger, faster, stronger, right? So, you know, some of the things that you had uh, that worked for you in college may not necessarily work for you in the NFL. So now I'm looking – you know, Telvin Smith came in at 218 pounds. Uh, Deion Jones came in at 222 pounds. So I'm going to start looking at some of the guys that didn't work. Um, I mean, Sua Cravens came in at 226. A lot of people viewed him as a safety, and he's still kind of viewed that way. Uh, Jatavis Brown, 227. I'm looking at some of these guys that weren't that were drafted. But you know high. my point, right? It just seems like yeah, I always I hear that with I always hear that with with high school recruiting too. It's like I just don't know if he's big enough. Like. 
I don't, like it, they'll be looking at an offensive lineman like that's two sixteen. I'm like, well, when's the last time you had a guy that came and he didn't play for you because he he never got heavy enough? You know what I mean? Like right. it just. Well, let's. Uh, I think that's a, it's a fun exercise. Let's look at it real quick. All these are all guys that were drafted on the first or second day that came in at 232 pounds or less. All right, this is the last the last ten years. Rashawn Evans. Deron Lee, who didn't, who, he hasn't really uh, turned out well for the Jets. Sean Spence with Pittsburgh, he got hurt. Daryl Washington, the uh, linebacker from uh, from Arizona, he, he turned into a good player. Obviously, he had a, he had a different set of issues. Uh, Jerome Baker, still young, just a rookie with the Dolphins. Reuben Foster, obviously, he's had his own set of issues. Shaq Thompson with the Carolina Panthers. Sua Cravens mentioned. Dorian O'Daniel, just a rookie. Jalen Smith uh, with the Dallas Cowboys, obviously, uh, you know, very, very talented player. Deion Jones, and that's it. That's that's the list. That's I think that's a fair point. I think that's a fair point, especially into, with the way that the game's played today. Yeah, you know, you just hear. I always hear that as a concern, and I'm always like, okay, but then who are the guys that? And because the concern is they won't hold up in the run game. But like a lot of the guys you just named are awesome in the run game, you know. So, I, I I don't know. I always think that that's an interesting knock on guys. Um, and, and, do, and that, it way. is important to know. It is important to know too that those guys that I just listed were all only the guys that were drafted day one or two. There are a lot of a lot of other guys that were drafted day three. The thing is though, is those guys those guys obviously they got drafted a little bit later. They're not great. They're, they're not as good football players. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That'll do it, by the way, for this edition of the College Draft Podcast. Hopefully you guys are already following us on Twitter. He's at FDuffy3, an excellent follow. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. The best way to always know when any of the shows are ready is by following our producer, Brian, at RTF Podcast. He posts all the shows, so he knows when they're on your podcast app, and he posts them on Twitter right away. At RTF Podcast. Busy Tuesday. Mentioned earlier, I'll say it again. Fantasy Feast posting today with Evan and I breaking down all of the free agent reports thus far. Even money today. And then tomorrow we'll have a monstrous Ross Tucker football podcast. Next week, I think we might be doing the O-line. So get excited. I'm excited. Fran needs to give me a list of guys I need to check out always one of my favorite episodes of the year. Check out Fran and all the great stuff he does on Twitter for the Eagles. You can see it because he posts it. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for enjoying your frosty one while listening to the college draft. Chuck, 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 chuck. Make sure you're also subscribing to the Ross Tucker football podcast, fantasy feast, and even money podcasts. All available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.